welcome back to The Cat Back, episode number two. I'm Joey. And I'm Kenny. We appreciate you tuning back in, and we hope you enjoyed episode one, where we had an open dialogue about the NFL and Major League Baseball and how that's going to shake out through the end of the year. Um, Kenny, what's on tap for today? The NCAA, Joey. We're going to talk about college football, the ever-changing landscape and conference realignment. We're going to talk about name, image, and likeness money. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. And we're going to take a spin throughout college football for this upcoming season. All right, man. I'm pretty pumped about it. Love NCAA. Love college athletics. Um, so before we hop into anything, uh, Kenny, who, who are some of your favorite teams in college sports, man? Oh, in college sports. I guess, um, you know, we're sort of hamstrung by where we went to school. And I really enjoy watching NC State athletics, college football, and college basketball. Joey, who are your some are your favorite teams in college football and college athletics in general? I'm kind of a odd case man. So, <laughs> and Kenny, as you know, and I'll introduce to everybody else, uh, I went to NC State, got my undergraduate degree. Uh, so, Wolfpack <laughs> there, but grew up as a big Carolina Tar Heel fan. Oh, boo. Oh, come on now. Don't be like that. <laughs> so we I don't hate NC State. I, I love everybody equally. Just Carolina maybe a little bit more. Yeah, we're room divided. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> NC State and uh, North Carolina. I so. like it. Who uh I know we're both big ACC guys and I know we'll spend a lot of time on the ACC, but you know, if we're looking outside of the Atlantic Coast Conference, who are some of the other teams you like to keep up with and follow? Oh, well, when you're talking college football, it has to be a Southeastern Conference. Okay. Right? So it always starts with Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm watching on a Saturday, I'm watching college football, after the noon kickoffs or NC State and whomever or Carolina and whomever, I feel the afternoon on CBS Sports, and we'll talk about that too as some of that's going to change, but Alabama, Georgia. It's the developmental league of the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. You know, I've always been drawn to defensive style of football and that brand of football powerhouse mm-hmm. smash mouth. And I feel like Georgia's been that yeah. since I was probably a kid. Yep. Uh, so I've always been attracted to Georgia, especially on the football side and watching that outside of the ACC. And how, how can you not watch Alabama? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the number one brand in college football. Yeah. I mean, it just is, and uh, happens to be Nick Saban football. You know, he makes schools relevant. LSU is an example of that. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy watching Alabama, Georgia, but every team in the East and the West and Southeastern Conference football is fun to watch. Um, yeah. You're just watching guys a step away from the next level. Yeah. Uh, the ACC is fun to watch because we have rooting interest because that's where we went to school and that's what we see around here locally. But when you're talking college football – the Southeastern Conference runs the day. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do yeah. a fun question really quick. Can, can the Alabamas of the world beat the New York Jets or the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars? You, you know, you hear that all the time on ESPN. Can the best college football team beat the worst NFL team? Man. And in today's world, the way the referees call the game and protect quarterbacks and receivers for a quarter – they probably could, but you're still dealing with grown men playing, in theory, quote unquote, amateurs. And yeah. I, I just think over time, the the average NFL team, even the below average NFL team, would wear down a college, a premier college football team. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. You know, we're we're dealing with 
professional athletes. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to say, yeah, but Alabama's cream of the crop. And, you know, these are bottom feeders in the NFL. The fact is, if you're on an NFL roster, you were in the top echelon of college football players from all over the nation. So uh, it's fun to think about, but I'm kind of with you. I I don't think they're going to hang for four quarters with the NFL team. You know, we do a lot of high school sports around here, Joey, and when the varsity plays the JV, over time, the varsity ends up winning. Yeah. And and that's a slighter difference in athlete. Uh, but when you, in theory, have a student that goes to class and practices um, versus a man who does it for a living, yeah. NFL team would win. Uh, I just think over time, it might be close after a quarter, but I think after that, the NFL team, just pride alone, would would, would end up beating. But, but you're right. <laughs> we see the draft every April. And it's all Southeastern Conference guys that get drafted on those lower-level NFL teams. Yeah. They make the team, and inevitably they make a difference. I mean, the the guys that played at the highest level in these Power Five conferences, which we'll talk about today, um, they end up on those NFL rosters, and they make the 53-man. And so it would be – if there were a way to do that in an environment where people didn't get really hurt, it would be interesting to see – because I think the coaching, the coaching could be on par, but the athletes, it's men versus young men. Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget that the speed of the game is so much different between college and the NFL. Yeah. So that, that'll that take its toll. Yeah, and you might be right with um, being able to run the ball and things like that and block for temporary short periods of time, spurts, but you watch those Trevor Lawrences of the world when they get out there, and you're right. You hear them talk about the window, you know, the window yeah. to get rid of the ball and how quick it's got to be and how you get it to the receiver. I think that would be the biggest difference. You know, the, those high-end kids out of college, that first year generally they struggle. That's why they're holding a clipboard yeah. because they, they just they couldn't do it. Um, well, and they're not used to seeing these 240, 250-pound linebackers running four fours and four fives. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's a different game. You're right. You're absolutely right at that. When I was growing up, that gap was bigger, you know. Yeah. N- n- now – uh, these linebackers and the pros run as, <laughs> run as fast as quarterbacks, and they run as fast as some of the the running backs. Not maybe not the wide receivers and stuff, but the kid from Georgia, you know, three hundred plus pounds. You know, when you are running a five forty, a five second forty yard dash, that's impressive for a college kid. And in the NFL, those elite linebackers run sub fives, and yeah. so they're they're the game is faster. The game's faster, and so. That probably would be the the breaking point for our college team, our elite college team playing the New York Jets or the Jaguars or the Lions. Um, that's that's where they would run into prize. That maybe the ones, the yeah. ones on Alabama could play with the guys that were with the Jets for a minute, but the twos don't stand a chance. The no. back, you know, it's just and so. The NFL team wins, but it's a great topic. You hear it's almost in that whose era is better, right? Yeah, you know, that's right. Was it would Jordan still dominate today? You know, and so um, don't you, don't get me on my soapbox. Right, right. But but I think for the, that simple discussion, um, I think the college team would struggle to after about a quarter to keep up with an NFL team. It's their profession versus, in theory, uh, uh, you know, a sport that a college kid plays when he's not in class. But um, but yeah, so um, but, right. yeah. Let's let's talk about some of this this changing landscape. Yeah, I think we should. That's uh, you know, we talk about college being amateur sports, but all of a sudden, maybe not as much as it once was. So 
why don't we dig right into that? Well, Joey, you know, we were talking about conference realignment and some of these issues that sort of precipitated the whole conference realignment. This country just has survived a global pandemic, this COVID-19, and it wrecked college sports, shut down tournaments, conference tournaments, postseason play. And, you know, to shut down the March Madness, that cost the NCAA a lot of money, cost Vegas a lot of money, cost yeah. a lot of money all over the place. But COVID-19 had an issue – I mean, had an impact, excuse me, on college sports. Um, transfer portal, where coaches could leave, drop of a dime, players were stuck honoring their scholarship somewhere and couldn't leave. So now we have a transfer portal where you don't sit. You can transfer from Division One program to Division One and play right away. And name, image, and likeness money. Uh, these three things, as we referenced when we started this segment with money, have all allowed conference realignment. It's all about money. You know, where can you make the most money? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it feels a lot like it's free agency for college athletics now. And and honestly, I know there there's a lot of people who seem to think this is really bad for college sports. Old guys like me, yes, sir. I'm not 100% yet. I want to see it play out some. It It is changing the nature of the sport, certainly, um, of all the sports. And uh, mostly college football, though, and probably college basketball behind that. Yeah, the revenue um, sports. Yeah, absolutely. And I just – I don't know. I'm interested to see where it shakes out because, you know, you talked a little bit about the conference realignment there. And, you know, with the NIL driving this and the open transfer portal now, I think you're going to see some very drastic shifts coming over the next couple of years. Um, Where's your head at on conference realignment? Hmm. And where where do you think this whole thing is actually headed at this point? And do we have a way to stop it or do we even want a way to stop it? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it, look, Mark Emmert and the NCAA would love for us to help them figure out a way to, to massage this into something that helps the NCAA. Um, I remember watching an NFL game, and Earl Thomas runs to the Cowboys locker room and tells the coach, you come get me when you can. Well, that is filtered down to college football. You enter the transfer portal. If you think there's a place that you can play that gets you more visibility, and you go. And we saw that on National Signing Day, guys flipping at the last minute. We see kids that are freshmen that don't get to play, they get promised stuff, and they transfer, football and basketball. Um, isn't, isn't that kind of a good thing, though, for the kids who are made all these promises that get broken because they're just trying to get them in the door and they don't have the real opportunity right. they thought they had, and now they don't have to wait a year right. and burn a year you know, waiting to get somewhere else to yeah. maybe have another broken promise. Yeah. It, it feels like it's appropriate for those, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, that's probably the minority of the population of the transfers as well. Yeah, when, you know, when I was growing up, it was enough to get a free education. Yeah. That, that, that was payment enough to get to play a sport that you loved, and it was uh, go to class, get a degree, play the sport. You're good enough to play the sport. You do it professionally, and if you're not, you have a degree to fall back on. Somewhere we've had this seismic shift where we're going to school to play professional sports. Yeah. And you're right, it's a small minority that are able to do that. Last podcast, episode one, we talked about the number of players in these in these sports that get to do it for a living. And it was such a small percentage of the American population. But you're right, if a kid can play 
and the coach can leave, the coach can tell him stuff to get in the door, and then it doesn't come to fruition, then he ought to have every right. You, you, you graduate high school, you're 18, you have a good vocational skill. There's nobody telling you you can't go get a job. That's you right. can't start a plumbing company. You can't start a welding company. You can't can't go make a living somewhere. Um, so why were we holding these kids to a different standard, you know, not letting them go play where they thought they could play? And um, I, I just am on the fence. I, I kind of like you, I want to see it for a little bit longer period of time to see what we're really dealing with. It's still so new to somebody like me where it was a scholarship to be a student athlete. And now you you get six minutes of basketball court time. I don't like Duke so much. I'm going to go to South Carolina where I can be a starter and be seen and play 28, 32 minutes a game. And it, and I just – this change, that's, that's we're just going to have to accept it because it is what it is. Guys can leave, not sit out and go play somewhere. They can do advertisements for companies and get paid. Um, and then with COVID, you know, they got extra eligibility. So, you know, I can't, I can't be that old guy, get off my lawn and tell you you can't make a living playing football and go to do that where you have your best chance to play it for a career. Yeah. Do you think this helps with retention of athletes who are on the verge of maybe going pro that leave a little too early just because they want the money and they're chasing the money, does this help stop some of that? Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe maybe this will help keep college athletics intact a little longer. If Texas A&M or some of the big uh, brands in college football and some of the big brands in college basketball, the Dukes, the Carolinas, the Kentuckys, North Carolina and Kentuckys, um, if they can pay kids – Maybe they do stay around a little longer instead of in basketball one and done or in college playing their three years of college football and leaving or three years removed from high school and leaving. Maybe if you can subsidize the scholarship, you know, have education be free and then have them get paid, maybe it does help keep kids in college longer. Um, But there's a long list of guys who left early in basketball who – Never played out, you know. Um, baseball draft, uh, NFL, you know, the guys that don't get drafted and what happens to them. I'm a little, I'm just a little scared with this that we're trying to do things to help the student athlete, but is it all well thought out? That's all, you know. Is it was it just a knee jerk reaction that hey, now we can pay players; they'll stay in school longer. Um, Give them extra eligibility. They'll stay in school longer. Um, make it be where they can go, where they think they can play and not have to sit out a year and postpone them getting to whatever their career goals are. So part of me wants to say that paying players will keep them in college longer. And that's for the guys that aren't the elite guys, that aren't getting drafted in the two rounds in the, in the NBA and, and the guys that are not drafted in college. Uh, football in the NFL. Uh, maybe that helps them stay around. And look, you and me come from a world of finance. And you got to be able to, you can't take somebody's earning potential away. Yeah. You, can, you just can't tell somebody, you can't make a living doing whatever you're doing. You can't stop them. And so I think this is a nice concession. Um, but I'm just, 
I'm just nervous that we've opened Pandora's box and where does this go? Yeah. Yeah. I think we absolutely have. And, you know, I, I have that deep burning desire for entrepreneurship and that mm-hmm. entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Um, you know, and I'm not one to take away anybody profiting from their name, their image, their likeness. Right. Um, if they want to go get a job, if they want to start a business, you know, I fully support it. I've helped people start businesses over time and they probably have no business being a business owner, honestly. (laughs) Um, but, but I'm a huge fan of it. But when you get to this level, you and I both know, let's use me or you as an example. If somebody gave one of the two of us six figures, let alone seven figures Mm -hmm. when we were 18, 19 years old, man, what, what would have happened in, you know, at some point, somebody has to have responsibility over this. And I'm not saying it's a school's responsibility or the NCAA's responsibility, but mm-hmm. somebody's going to have to help monitor kids who all of a sudden are six-figure earners. Right. or You know it's going to get off the rails, and right. they're going to cripple their opportunity for mm-hmm. professional sports. Yeah, that's a great question. Maybe we can find that out. Do the schools have financial people that are willing to help these kids when all of a sudden they use XYZ Carlot and they do advertisements? They um, they get on the pregame and the postgame to talk about it, and it's sponsored by XYZ Car Sales or whatever. Um, and they're making this kind of money, and they're playing football, and they're still trying to attend class, but they're 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Do the schools or the NCAA, does somebody have something in place to help them? Because if I was 18 and I could tackle or I could dunk and somebody gave me this kind of money, I was not mature enough to handle it. And I'm fearful that some of these kids are not. And and the coach can only do so much, right? He's got 85 scholarship kids to look at. You know, he's got his first string, second string guys he's paying attention to. It was hard enough for him to keep up with what they were going to class, right? Now I got to keep up with, well, my star safety just got X hundred thousand dollars and um, I got to pay attention that he's doing the fiscally responsible stuff with that money. Are college coaches supposed to be life coaches too? I mean, they they have always said we make young men into men, to adults. And that's what they promise the parents when they're in the living room, come to our school and we'll yeah. do that. Are they ready to handle all this? I don't know. And that's why I want to see what happens with some of these schools and these players. And before before I make any kind of judgment, is it because it, I'm telling you, it just used to be a scholarship was enough. And now it's a scholarship plus lots of money. And one part of me doesn't want the kid going to an academic institution for athletics. But the other part of me also doesn't want to tell you you can't make money with a skill set you have. Yeah, you, you just can't do that. This is this is a free country where you should be allowed to do those things. But there are rules in place, and the NCAA is massaging those rules to sort of make everybody happy. Yeah, where does that lead? I have some ideas, <laughs> and remember, <laughs> we're, we're just two guys. We're not the smartest guys, um, and we're not always right, but. But I'll give you where I think that's headed at some point. And um, I think there's a lot of people that share that same from my demographic where it's headed. And uh, and we'll just have to see, you know, the jury's still out. I, I often wonder, I always use this example. When Harvard and Yale play football, you look into the stands and it looks like a high school stadium. And you look at the attendance and that's that's a number. 
and it's students, in theory, playing football. And then I watch Alabama and Tennessee, and I see them in Knoxville. It's just short of 110,000 people there, and that looks nothing like Harvard-Yale playing football. Does there come a time when these power conferences don't need the NCAA and they just become football factories? Then, then I can spend more time helping those kids to get this money and help them on their career path to be an NFL or an NBA player. That works for me because then all of a sudden that entrepreneurial idea, that's what these kids are doing. And, and I helped them get there. Um, would the NCAA be okay with me stopping those schools from having those kids go to class anymore or f- whatever they do to stay eligible and just play football? There is no real developmental league for the NFL right now. We talk about the XFL and the USFL, but more kids get drafted from – Alabama and Georgia then get free agent signed from those places. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe we let those kids make a living playing college football. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a bad option and honestly that's probably where this thing's starting to head. Um again, you know, us just being two guys with our own opinions. I think that NCAA is in real trouble. I agree. Um, just overall. Because um, your marquee programs in football and basketball aren't going to be student athletes anymore. No. They're, they're going to play that sport for entertainment and CBS money, ESPN money, all the television money that comes with that, and they're going to fund those programs. Yeah. I don't need bowl money. I, I, I don't need any of that. I got college football playoff money. Well, you already have these major conferences signing extraordinary <laughs> TV deals where they definitely don't need the NCAA. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and so for me to tell my star quarterback, hey, man, you got to go to economics class in the morning. Yeah. Why? Man, as long as I don't get hurt, I'm going to get drafted. Yeah. And last time I looked, NFL quarterbacks make a lot of money. More than a kid with an economics degree from XYZ school in the Southeastern Conference or the Big Ten. But then you got the old guard that wrecks their nerves, right? I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to be that guy, I said, but in in March Madness, well, we're going to bring the student athletes out here to answer your questions. Okay. Yeah. They went to school one year. Most guys don't graduate college in a year. I mean, they just don't, you know, and then they go to the to the NBA. So um, I, I worry about the guys that don't, that don't go. But, hey, do we do that with businesses that we help start? Well, That's a great idea. You got the cash. Here's your idea. I'll tell you how it works. I'll help you with your balance sheet, your income statement. I'll help you. Yeah. Do we sit there and really worry about two years from now if they're going to close? You know, we help them with their dreams. We get them started. I don't know. I'd hate to be a guy that says, hey, your dream is to play pro football. I'm going to squash that. Yeah. You know, But a dose of reality is not a bad thing. But from the perspective of the player, this is a great thing. Yeah. NCAA, it might be a death blow. You know, it, it's 
my, my gut tells me that it is, but you know, getting back to that entrepreneurial side of me, I think this opens up a whole new world of academics and business opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, the the older heads around, you know, they like to say, well, you got to have a degree to fall back on what happens when you blow your knee in mm-hmm. year one or you get hurt or it doesn't pan out. What in the world are you going to fall back on? All of a sudden, youth sports is a billion-dollar industry. Right, right. You know what? Everybody gravitates towards, oh, that was a college football player, a college baseball mm-hmm. player. My coach played college. They they know how to get me there. Yep. This has become extremely big business all yeah. of a sudden. And, you know, I, I was kind of lending towards earlier the, the colleges or universities have a responsibility mm-hmm. to help these kids prepare right. and fiscally, financially, the responsibility that comes with all of it. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think you're going to see positions being added to coaching staffs that are life coaches, mm-hmm. financial coaches. Yeah. You know, the, that's one thing that we have failed right. generations of people on, be at high school, be at college, mm-hmm. preparing right. them for right. the real world right. and actually how to manage this shit. Exactly. We, we failed on it, and now we have a great opportunity to do mm-hmm. it at the highest level yeah. with kids coming in. They're damn sure going to have the money to do it, to Absolutely. add coaches that can help these kids with – Hey man, you got a, you got a hundred thousand dollars. Here's what you need to do with that so that it lasts. Absolutely. Because it, if you do get injured, you do tear up a knee or whatever, that's your jump starter for your career as a high school athletic coach or a high school athletic director and coach or or one of these travel teams coaches and so forth. So if the thing in this country we do so poorly at is planning for stuff. Yeah. We just knee jerk react stuff and. We got to fix a problem immediately, so we do this. We just, but we don't think it out until we've already have it in place, and and that's what I feel like's happened here. It's not fair to the student athlete to keep them out of school and then make them sit out a year before they can play, and so we we've made it pro athlete to do these things. So now that we have these things in place, we might want to scurry and put some policies and procedures and some help yeah. in place before it gets too far down the track where these guys are out there with with no help no help to what they're to do with all this money and look especially if you're giving it to people that aren't accustomed to it which would be everybody nobody's accustomed at 18 years old to getting six figures or seven figures and um and it's a huge enough responsibility to be the star quarterback at one of these colleges and then you got money burdens you got all this stuff that comes up you need somebody to help and then we're quick to say oh you knew i knew that was going to happen he was good well, then put some damn stuff in place to make that not happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could you could do stuff at these, I mean, these Power Five conferences, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, they already have the money to do it. They already have the money to put these things in place to help these, these um, students or these athletes, student athletes. Um, but – I think my biggest point on it all is, isn't the purpose of a college to prepare you for yeah. success in your postgraduate career? 100% correct. It okay. doesn't have to be academics. Yeah, right? so it's not necessarily academics. Correct. So they, I, I agree with that. I'm coming around to that. I'm right. kind of swaying myself as we're sitting here yeah. talking it more yeah. and more. You know what? No, it is the university's responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure these kids are set up for success with yeah. it. It absolutely is. Look, we see the school presidents at these national championship games walking down on the field. They love it. Yeah. They're getting big money to the school. And some of the peripheral money goes to build the math lab or the yeah. science lab or whatever. You know, and these schools that can do it all, 
can can graduate guys that go out and cure cancer but can also win national championships let them do it you know and 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 there's a student set up to be a great football player but but he's not going to cure cancer well then have things set up for him to be the best football player he can be if this guy's going to be the best doctor he can be and we have things set up for him then do the things with football and and i'm going to sound 100 instead of in my 50s um but just stop the whole charade, you know. I, I used to care when I went to college that, hey, I see those guys in class. But the money was different. It's all relative, but now we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in TV money. Let, let them be what they want to be. Yeah. And, and I think if the, if the schools put things in place to help it, and if they don't, these football programs are going to do it on their own. Yeah. They're going to have the money to make sure they get the best players, undefeated seasons, conference championships, and play for a national title. And they'll do the things that they need to do to make that happen, regardless of what the NCAA says. Yeah, they're going to develop their own system of checks and balances to make sure it's fair competition. And yeah. they're not going to need the NCAA no. holding their hand to do so. No. And, and you know what? Let the best schools with the best athletes play each other. Be done with it. And then the kids that are at these schools that are there for academics and they're good enough to play the sport at that school, well, let them play it. Yeah. You know, let them play it. And if, if your school doesn't offer athletic scholarships, then let the best valedictorians play the best best valedictorians. Yeah. And then and then, just, you know, I just I think we're trying to halfway on everything and, and nothing gets accomplished that way. Yeah, we, we have a culture of cramming somebody into a box and predetermining what their path's supposed to yeah. look like. And, you know, I, I, I <laughs> that, coach. That starts in about the fourth grade where we give them the test. That, that, that they're Are you good at math? Are you good at science? Are you good at the liberal arts? I mean, and then we pigeonhole them into that, and you have to do that. And yeah. I, I, you know, if you, if you work in one of the businesses that I've been a part of and that I've helped lead, one of the things I say very frequently is, if you do the same things you've always done, you're going to get the same results you've always gotten. Right. And the most dangerous thing in business, and mm-hmm. honestly, it applies to more than just business. It, it's one of those things where if you fall into the trap of we're doing it this way because this is the way it's we've always done. Right, done it. Right. Right. You're fighting a losing battle. Yep. Yep. So we, we've got to get the hell out of the way of that. Yeah, and, and that's what the NCAA is trying to do. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. they, they got to get out of the way. You, you adapt or you die. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Yep. And, uh, and look, if, and if they don't adapt, they're going to because these teams, these schools that can play elite athletics will do their own thing. Yeah. They'll, they'll do their own thing. They'll just break off and we'll play football and we make our own money and we don't have to follow your rules because we're funded by whatever. And – then you have no control over them. You can't tell them what to do anymore. Um, I, I, man, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. But you can already see the schools that have NIL money and how much they disperse on average per athlete yeah. versus the ones that don't. Uh, here locally, um, WRL sports fan did, a, did a, put one out for NC State, and the dollars and cents that go to their students was nothing like Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Ryan Day had a bunch of supporters, and – he told his fan base, you know, if you want to stay competitive and stay in the top ten, yes, I need money to fund scholarships. That's never going to go away because I need to I need to pay for scholarships. But he said something to the tune of he needed thirteen million dollars 
and NIL money to stay competitive? That answers a lot of questions. Yeah. If you get that kind of money, you can get players, you can be competitive, then he's going to take the responsibility of helping these young men that get this money either realize their dreams in the NFL or have a fallback plan with some of that money to start a business or to be a high school coach or to be whatever. Um, but, you know, I was <laughs> at one time I was dead setting. It's got to be a student, got to be a student first. But the more I think about it and the more we read and the more we see that square peg in a round hole is not for everybody. You know, there are some people that that's not their thing. Yeah. And, um, and we're, I think, doing a disservice not to help them with what their thing is. And their thing may be football or basketball. And they bring in a lot of money to these schools. These kids do. We make a lot of money off their backs. Oh, absolutely. And for us to then have to mandate what they can and can't do, I, we work in businesses and our salespeople that bring in lots of money, if they want to show up at 9, sometimes we're okay with them showing up at 9. Everybody else shows up at 8. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell them no because then they take their millions of dollars in sales and go down the street and my competitor puts me out of business. Yeah. Is the NCAA doing that to these top 50 football programs and top 30 basketball programs? It, it's something that needs to be addressed, and I, I'm fearful nobody's doing anything, and these schools are deciding how to do it. Yeah. And they're going to do their own thing with these kids. And um, and it's just funny. We say kids, and then you see some of these college juniors that are 340 pounds. Right. <laughs> these are grown men, right? <laughs> and so um, I, I, I um, my prayer is that, that, that these worlds start to line up the right way and we don't hamstring these kids with what they want to do for a living. You're, yeah. you're exactly right. College is there, whether it's community college or four-year schools or graduate programs or doctorate programs, it is there to make them realize their dreams of next in life. Yeah. And we, and people get bent out of shape when we talk about football and basketball, like we shouldn't be doing the same there, you know? Um, I, you know, and I'm starting to come around to that is that it's okay if to do that, but we just need to be prepared for it and help yeah. the kids be prepared for it. Cause I, I just don't want them having all this money with no no plan in place. And the people that will argue with, well, you're just talking about 10 to 15 programs. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean. No, we've I, already far exceeded that. Yeah. And you look at the top 25 schools in college football and what their football budgets are, and we're not talking about pennies anymore. No. We're talking tens of millions of dollars. And, uh, and it's only getting bigger. I mean, everyone sees these TV deals that have just been signed. And – when ESPN loses out to another broadcasting company for football, that tells you how much money they're putting into it. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of the days back when uh, the NFL went to Fox. You yeah. know? Everybody was like, NFL on Fox? They got the Simpsons. You know, is, is Bart going <laughs> to snap the ball and throw the ball? Is um, is everything going to be, you know, um, animated, uh, you know? And, uh, and so you know what Fox did? He said, well, we'll go get something to validate football. They got John Madden. Yep. And if you can write a $32 million check to John Madden to get him to come broadcast football, then all of a sudden people think Fox knows football. Yeah. So the same thing should apply here. University of Alabama every year has a dozen kids that play in the NFL. Yeah. We just need to have something in place for them for the X number of years they're in college. 
to make sure they're prepared to realize whatever their career path is. Yeah. And, and the ones that don't make it, well, then we need to have something for them too. We just need to have something in place for them. And, uh, and I, I hope we get there. And if we don't, then these schools will just figure it out on their own. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to be told what to do when they have the money. Your sales guys that bring in all the money, they'll play within the rules, but it's going to be hard for you to rein them in and tell them what to do when they're bringing in the kind of money they're bringing in. Yeah, the the better results you achieve, the more tolerance for BS there is. Yeah. It's just yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way it works. I, I'm I'm no dummy, but back when the Cowboys in the '90s were pretty good, um, Emma Smith didn't have to play in the preseason. He didn't want to play in the preseason, you yeah. know. And I, I I would have no problem with that. All time leading rusher, he gets the job done when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. I'm I'm starting to turn from that old way of thinking to. Hey, if they can do it and they have a plan in place to help these kids do it, then, then do it. Um, why? M- maybe we get so mad because the schools we root for don't seem to be getting on board with that. And if and if they can't do it, then damn it, nobody can, yeah. right? And uh, and that's that's really not fair. If the, if there's going to be haves and have-nots, hey. That's no different than the manufacturing company that figured out how to way to make it quality cheaper than you did. They That's win. Right. Yep. And you can't get mad about that. Be better. Yep. Right? So I don't know, Joey. It's a tough one. And I bet we could get 10 people in this room and five would say they have to be students. And then five would say, I don't care about I'm going to class, play great football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a massive divide. And I think it's going to be very interesting to watch unfold. But we're just scratching the surface of all of this. I know. We've given them extra. Uh, they've given them extra years because of COVID, and that made sense. We took tournaments away. We took play away. We need to make that right. And so we've made that right with extra eligibility. For the longest time, kids were couldn't. The NCAA wouldn't let them work. Wouldn't yeah. let them have a job. Couldn't earn but so much money because you were on scholarship and you were getting free education. And then we thought that's really not fair, you know. So now we get name, image, and likeness. We put their Put we put Ed O'Bannon on basketball video games, yep. and we don't we don't let him get any money for that. That's that's silly. Um, we wouldn't do it to anybody else. So name, image, and likeness comes. You know, let them let them earn money for what they do on the athletic fields, and um, and then the transfer portal. It just made no sense to tell a kid he had to stay there. Yeah. What other thing in your life, if you don't like McDonald's, keeps you from going to Burger King? I mean, if you don't like where you are. Go see if it's better elsewhere. Well, and I know we're going to segue back off of sports here just for a second, but take North Carolina. We're sitting in North Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a right-to-work state. We're an at-will employment state, <laughs> right. right? So, you know, if you if you start a job, you know, the respectful thing to do if you're leaving, give a two-week notice, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to quit, you quit. If a company wants you to quit – and they don't want you, guess what? Yep. You're, you're not going to be there anymore. Absolutely. So why, why treat it any differently That's as right. if sports aren't big business and as if these amateur mm-hmm. athletes aren't actually athletes and scratching the surface of getting paid? Yeah, it's it's hard to call them amateurs when the money they bring into these schools is millions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hard to say they're amateurs because they're not really paid to play. Well, the school got paid. The coaches get paid. A lot of people get paid. They yeah. ought to get paid. Um yeah, I, 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 the more I think about it and have thought about it here recently, because it's become, in our segment, hot topics, this, these things, 
I'm starting to side with the the person trying to make a living. I think I've just witnessed the enlightenment of Kenny right I, here I, before my eyes. It's a, it's a shame because I, you know, I was the guy that dug his heels in and you're a student, go to class, you know, and, and, and I expect a lot of you. I want you to make a four in the classroom. I want you to stay eligible. I want yeah. you to do all the coaches shows. I want you to go to the car lot when it opens. I want you to stand here on our field. I want you to do all the capital campaign stuff. And, and, and oh, by the way, still win a conference championship. Get us to the college football playoffs. That's a lot to ask. That is a lot to ask yeah. of anybody. And um, I, if you're not going to ask it of yourself, how can you do it for somebody else? And so I'm, I'm glad that there's some change on the horizon. Um, I just hope that the change is managed in some fashion. That's all. Um, and I think the, good, the, the bigger schools will because they want to stay – they want to stay relevant, and to get those players, you got to have stuff in place for them. So, yeah. All right. So if we if we go down what we've just talked about, so name, image, likeness, do you like it or dislike it? <laughs> if you'd asked me two years ago, no way. You should never pay a kid to do something he loves. He's a student first. Yep. But you know what? The more I think about it, these kids are breaking their backs for these universities, and I, I like it. I like okay. it. I think. I think you should be paid for anything that you're able to do, um, as long as it's legal. I, I believe yeah. you should be paid paid for that. And um, and look at the people that watch. Your platform is huge when you're a quarterback or a star wide receiver. You should get paid. I'm assuming you of the younger generation have been all in on getting paid to play. I mean, <laughs> the right way, yeah. you know. Um, and this will take out that whole. Adidas money to Louisville's and NC States yeah. and all this. That'll, that'll cut that out. You know, yeah. that's one less thing the NCAA has to have an enforcement group for. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now you just report it through the school, and, and we don't have to worry about that. So we can cut out some of the watchdogs on that and and, and let them do it. But I, the more I think about it, I would never want somebody to tell me I couldn't maximize my earning potential. Yeah. So I, I think I like it. And um, you know what? I do like it. Not think I like it. I, I do like it. And, and you know, because my heart resides with teams that don't do a good job with that doesn't mean that the others can't. Yeah. And so so I do. I, I like it. I'm assuming you do as well. I do. So I, I'm a little bit of an older soul than my age shows <laughs> a lot of times. Right. So I probably wasn't really hot on it, you know, 10 years ago when the conversations first started happening. But mm-hmm. You know, again, man, I'm extremely pro-business. Right. Have been my entire life. Right. And everybody should have the opportunity if they mm-hmm. want the opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, why, put absolutely. All that, why put all that unusual strain on a guy for a $100 handshake? Yeah. You know, if he can go earn money through his athletic ability, yeah. let him go earn money. In the slower months, we'll talk about the Live Golf Tour and yeah. and, and that and how that plays out. And um and, and we'll talk about the pros and cons of that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, name, image, and likeness, I'm on board with. And I cannot yeah. believe I'm saying that. I, I'm honestly shocked myself. I, I, am I like too. it. I, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it, I am coming around. It's like I'm watching Kenny grow up before my eyes. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really difficult to, to hear that. So yeah. mature. How yeah. about transfer portal? Like it without the one-year requirement or should it have the one-year requirement? You put thought into signing your national letter of intent. Yep. 
you had a whole parade your senior year of high school. I'm going to play at XYZ University. I got there and it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Was your first job what you thought it was going to be? Of course not. Even though I've been at the same place for almost three decades, right at three decades, this, this start, end of this year, it was not the job I thought it was going to be. And I damn sure didn't think I was going to stay that long. But you know what? That job kind of morphed over time and became part of what I did and part of what the owners did to make it be palatable for everybody, ownership and the employees. I just struggle with this one because for the longest time, I hated to see a coach run from an NCAA investigation and go touch and coach another place and say, hey, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting fresh over here. And then I thought, well, we need to let the kids have the same opportunity. And so I like it. I just think it's going to be hard on coaches to manage their rosters when people can yeah. be here today and gone tomorrow. I still think the transfer portal needs some work because I think you're going to have to do background work. In yeah. the NFL, they call it that tampering. But I think yep. you're going to have to do background work <laughs> to reach out to Coach X and say, do you have a spot for me if I enter the transfer portal? Yeah. And he can't tell you, I don't think. I think he has to tell through people that, yeah, I have a spot for you. Enter the transfer portal and get over, go enroll at that school to play. Um, I can't. I can't say out of one side of my mouth, I'm going to stop you from making a living doing what you love to do and then tell you, I can tell you where you can do that. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair. So this one I'm a little less hot on, but I've seen coaches do it for decades. Yeah, They go 6-20 and 20 and things struggle and they know they're going to get fired and they exit stage left. Yeah, I think uh, – I think the kids should go, these young men should be able to, and women in any sport, should be able to go where they best fit. And if they go a year at XYZ institution and it's not what they thought it was going to be, just like you referenced with a job, I work for your company, Joey, and it's not what I want it to be. Do the right thing, work a notice and get out, or you don't like me wearing Orioles apparel to work, you can fire me that day. So I think the transfer portal has to, it's almost lockstep with hand-in-hand hand with name, image, and likeness. If I'm going to tell you you can make a living doing what you do um, and do well, then I can't tell you where you can do it. Yeah. I, can, I can't mandate your employer. Yeah. And so I, I assume you're okay with it. I, what kind of constraints would you put on it if you didn't? You know, because it's funny. We A 50-year-old coach in these sports, he can do what he wants to. He has a contract that says you're going to work X number of years, but there's always a buyout, right? Yeah. And when the employer, he stinks at win, wins and losses, boosters rally the money to pay him to leave and not coach. If we can do that, then there shouldn't be a reason why you tell the guy he can't leave yeah. whenever he feels like it's a better opportunity for him. How is he any different because of his age than these kids? Um, it, and it's got to be tough. You know, you wanted to go to XYZ school and be the superstar. Yeah. And – and it didn't play out. So I'm going to try it elsewhere. I just didn't want it to become a merry-go-round, you know. Yeah, I think that's bad for the sport. And at some level, it's bad for the athlete for mm. it to become a merry-go-round. So you actually – you may have swayed my thinking a little bit talking there about the coaches because coming into it, I'm like, 
I'm not nearly as hot on the transfer portal right. the way it is today. Right. Um, I, I think we just had a 20-minute conversation about don't hold the kids back. Right. Let's teach them to be successful at the next level. That's what their path's going to be. Yeah, this okay. is valid. This is valid. Let's so, see where you're going. So yeah. you get to the next yeah. level, yeah. and you're on a four-year rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Guess what? After one, you ain't got the leverage. That's right. You got else. nothing. Right. So you're, you can choose not to play. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to fulfill your obligation in the right. contract. Yeah. So – yeah, I'm, you're right. I, I, I'm sorry. I hear where you're going. This makes sense. Is yeah, that I'm, I'm not suggesting that it needs to be a four year commitment before somebody can transfer. That's that's right. absurd because right. things change. Right. I completely get that. coaches leave, whatever happens. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not opposed to the transfer portal working more like a two year commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, obvious exceptions to that. Yeah. You know, I, I live my life and I run my business as family mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I expect that of my employees. Right. I would expect that of anybody at any point. So if there's any kind of family situation, health yeah. or medical situation, yeah. that should be an exception yeah. to a transfer. There's Without exceptions a doubt, to everything. I get it. Yeah. You commit it to a coach, yep. not really a university. You commit it to a coach. I want to go pay for right. whoever it is, Nick mm-hmm. Saban. Right. Nick Saban retires. I don't like the new guy. Yep. You should have the opportunity to leave. I agree. But if you go there, you've made a commitment to the program, and you're pissed off because you didn't get the playing time you thought you deserved, you know what? Just like I tell my student athletes today, you should have worked harder. Work harder. Absolutely. Work harder. Don't don't run from it. So, And I feel like that goes hand-in-hand with setting these student athletes up for the next level as well. So. I like the transfer Teaching portal. Teaching maturity, helping them get yeah. on with the career. That's part of your responsibility if Absolutely. you do make the next level. Right. Uh, I like the transfer portal, but like you said earlier, I think it needs some work, and I do think there needs to be some level of commitment. Right. Um, so right. it's just not an open free market and chase the money or chase the playing time, right. chase the girls, whatever it is, because yep. they do it all. Yeah, and it, and if you do it once, you're going to do it again. You know, yep. So we if we're going to mature these people, any college kid, athlete or not, if we're trying to make the next step, if, if really the university is set up to make you ready for what comes next in life, then I agree with you. You can earn the name, image, and likeness money. I'm not going to hold you back there. But at some point, you're going to have responsibilities, an employment contract of some sort. Yep. And so you, if we're going to teach, then let's work on the transfer portal. Don't make it a... I'm all mad. I'm leaving now in January. Yeah. I go to another school. Let's um, let's have them at least learn that there's some responsibility yep. with what comes with that. And I know that's almost talking out of both sides of my mouth, but but I, I it's two years, yeah. not four, not ten. You you can you can do something for two years, and who knows? Year two, it may be different. That senior safety yeah. may graduate, and you may play more and. And maybe the coach is doing it for your own good. You're not ready, yeah. you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I like the idea in general, but I, I think it needs some work, yeah. you know. And the two years not a bad thing, um, or a three semester thing, or something that that makes them at least think through the decision. They just don't get emotionally hot and just I'm out of here. Yeah. And uh, because we've seen that a few times with Absolutely. with five star football players and basketball players that didn't get what they thought they deserved and up and left. And um, we're not teaching them something for that next step in life, which yeah. is there's some responsibility. At minimum, you're going to have responsibilities to, to family, community, something. Somewhere along the way, you're going to be responsible for something. Minimum yourself. So um, 
I think we work on that transfer portal. There's got to be something in between you're locked in for life kind of thing and just leave it, yeah. you know, a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, I feel like Major League Baseball, National Football League, National Basketball Association, mm-hmm. they have responsibility here as well. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, they do a terrible job of using college athletics as actually the platform to get them right there. Yeah. Yeah. The NBA is very guilty. You know, they, 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 they they all are. Yeah, They use the one year and then the guys come and they use those coaches to teach them and just get them ready for employment there. And they, they, they have some responsibility in this as well. And, you know, by the way, it would be a huge smart business decision for them to leverage colleges mm-hmm. as the actual minor league system yeah. or the entry system and the pathway yeah. into the leagues. Yeah. And I just, I feel like they miss a massive opportunity. There. These commissioners ought to sit down with the heads of these conferences and schools and, and, and work out something instead of just being grateful that yeah. they do this in college football and basketball. And it's a training ground for these professionals. Maybe that can be the saving grace for the NCAA. Maybe they can help bridge the gap. Why I don't understand why Emirate and the heads at the NCAA out of Indianapolis are not talking to the Silvers of the NBA and the Goodells, uh, Roger Goodell of the NFL, Bettman and NHL. I know we don't talk about hockey much on this, and uh, I, I just, I just, and and then uh, Manfred with baseball. Why they don't, why they don't do something with these colleges to, you know, yeah. just. Uh, once again, you could have plans in place to make these things work instead of just taking it for what it is. Yeah. And so um, this, would, this would be a great business opportunity for these professional ranks to do stuff with these colleges. And, um, and then those kids could also see more of a path and that these guys do care about me getting there somehow, some way. Yeah. And because uh, whenever you just try to figure stuff out on your own, it usually goes off the rails. Yeah. So, so I... I asked you a question earlier off the air, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of want to touch on it maybe just five or ten minutes now. Um, but I asked you, you know, you got the upper echelon already in these big money schools, the Alabamas, most of the SEC, right. honestly. Yeah. Uh, what happens to the mid-majors? So mm-hmm. is the NIL going to help them compete and actually be a player? Or are you going to have the upper echelon and nothing but bottom feeders and the middle class of college athletics right. just goes away? What do you think is going to shake out here? That that that's, I mean that's a great question, Joey. I, I I worry about, I really worry about name, image, and likeness when it comes to the Southeastern Conference and the big ticket schools that have the resources. I am fearful that that money stays with those power conferences, and the rich get richer, and the gap gets greater between the Power Five conference and everyone else. I'm. I'm fearful that um, NIL just makes the, the the distance. It's already been different because of the money at the schools and the visibility of the schools. And I just think the money's going to create a bigger divide. I just don't see how these mid-major programs can compete with name, image, and likeness money to get on par with the Power 5 schools. I think the Power 5 schools have such a head start already that this money, if it were just equal between Alabama and Central Florida kind of yeah. thing, if the money were just equal, the guy, the divide's already big. The money being equal, I think the divide gets larger. And and the money's not equal. The the yeah. the, the money that comes into the Power Five schools is greater than yeah. the other ones. And so I think the divide gets gets bigger. And I hate to 
to do it, but the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they're your Alabamas. Yeah. You know, they can outspend mistakes. Yeah. They don't have to hit in the draft. They don't have to have guys that make it to the majors. They they make a mistake. All right, we write off the $100 million contract to X player, and we go get another one. Yeah. And I'm fearful that the NIL money is going to create a bigger divide versus – I wish it was the mid-majors get lots of name, image, and likeness money from their boosters, and they're all of a sudden able to compete. All of a sudden, the, the smaller market teams – and your professional sports can then compete. Um, I just don't see that. I, I think that's the, the whole birth of a salary cap, a hard salary yeah. cap, is that everybody has equal resources. In theory, if everybody has the same money and you know what you're doing with it, everybody's 500 and everybody has a chance to win. Yeah. But the salary cap's a facade. Correct. You can look at any sport. I agree. It's just a facade. It started in the NFL. They would all spend the same amount of money. So the Atlanta Falcons had just as much chance as an L.A. team to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but but it hasn't played out that way, right? You see the same cast of characters in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. So a hard salary cap didn't work there. It doesn't work. The, the teams that are good still continue to be good. Um, college athletics probably the ones that are good are going to stay good because they've been good and they get money and they get resources and people want to be tied to winners yeah it, the mid-majors they're going to have to do a lot of good drafting and not missing on players and using their NIL money to compete and uh, and I'm just I just don't know how those worlds will intersect I am I, the more I listen to some of the talking heads, I'm starting to believe that there will be a top 50 or so in college football that play for a college playoff, football yeah. playoff. And then everybody else will be in the bowl series. That yeah. Everybody else will play for a bowl. And that'll be great. You know, you'll let teams that didn't get to go to big bowls go to big bowl games. Um, do you have any way you could think it through where – NIL works to make the playing field more level. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just with NIL though. I think like where where does it stop, right? Because yeah. name image likeness is name image likeness, right? It's not ticket sales, correct? It's not season ticket holders, right? Not it, size of stadium. It's not size. Of, there's a bunch of different things. So where does it stop? So, right. you know, my mind goes to. You have the upper echelon, and you've got a ton of five-star athletes coming in. Mm -hmm. But how many three-star and four-star athletes coming in are misclassified and end up being studs? There there are some of those. So I think the mid-majors will start competing for them. They'll they'll Mm -hmm. get a five-star trickle in every now and then. But if they're able to start leveraging more of ticket sales, booster money, some of the other revenue they have coming in, Profit sharing off TV money. Maybe. Yeah. All of a sudden, I think you can start narrowing that playing field and the gap on the mm-hmm. playing field some. But you're going to have to play the game. We said it earlier. You adapt or die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the old sales adage, right, of mm-hmm. fast, cheap, and good. Right. Right. So you can only have two of those, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So you, everybody's like, well, I want it fast and cheap. Okay, well, it sure as hell ain't going to be good then. Right, right. Well, okay, I want it fast and good. Perfect. It's not going to be cheap. Right. Right. Or I want it cheap and fast. Right. Not 
That'd be good. That's I mean, right. You, it's a circle. Yeah, you're going to leave stuff it. out. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what these mid-major programs, and even the mm-hmm. upper echelon, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. The days of bargain buying and bargain shopping right, athletes right, are probably right. over. Right. I agree. And and I think you've already gone too far to turn it back. Yeah. And and it's it going to be hard in football. Maybe basketball, because I can get a five-star guy from a school, Carolina yeah. or Duke, to come to my mid-major program where you're going to be the star. Yeah. Ball's going to be in your hand all the time. I may be able to get guys like that, but in the long term, Duke and Carolina still get a majority of five stars, and five five stars beats one five star, They're right? Going to have the TV money and people like to pull for winners. They're front runners. They love it, and people want to be tied to the Alabamas. Yeah, and it just I think it keeps them at arm's length from the schools that want to catch up. Um, with those schools, you just have to hope that you have the big year. And then when the people run out of eligibility, graduate, get hurt, transfer, that the step back's not so far so that you can continue, you know, you want a progression forward. You don't want big peaks and valleys where you're starting all over. So in the short run, it may be difficult because these programs we reference in these Power 5 schools are pretty far ahead. Yeah. And the NCAA, when they have their selection committee, has sort of said that two lost Georgias get into the college football playoffs over undefeated whomever. Correct. And they've already said that that's who we want to be tied to. We yeah. want to see an Alabama-Georgia national title championship game, not an Alabama-NC State. You know, And so if the mid-majors are smart with the name, image, and likeness money and get the – the player and they win the boosters grow the stadium facilities that sort of stuff there's a chance i'm just fearful that the head start is so great we're not starting all over we already had the haves yep and we had the have nots and now we've added money to the equation legal money to the equation so um i I just worry about that and but i don't think we would have a problem if we had these guys playing for national titles and these other people still got rewarded because we still have a bowl system in place where they get to go do something. There's still stuff to play for. It's just they may not play for a national title. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati, after all these years, finally makes the college football playoffs. And it's, it's really hard to be good successive weeks when you're not accustomed to playing Alabama's and Georgia's right. every week. You know, it's easy to say, get me in the Southeastern Conference and I'll play for a national title. Well, you've been playing James Madison. You've been playing East Carolina. You've been playing – you haven't been playing Tennessee, Florida, Georgia every week. And so you get there and it's a shock. I mean, it's just – it just – even Notre Dame fell flat a couple of times. I mean, it's just – there's just going to be a divide and we need to accept that. And – um you know, what do we say about the students having to stay for two years? Just work harder, you know. Maybe the, the athlete, you know, year one wasn't it, but don't bail, you know. There's year two. And then if it doesn't work, then okay, find your path. Um, I just I'm, – I'm concerned that the gap is pretty great between the Alabamas and the, and the, and the mid-majors. It just, it just is. I mean, it's analogous to – Alabama trying to beat the Jets. Yeah. I mean, you may have a one-off for a quarter, 
But over a whole season, it'd be hard for a college team to compete with an NFL team. So, you know, I guess my answer still is the gap is great. And what will happen, I think, is we're going to absorb these football powerhouses into their own league. There'll be a couple mega conferences, and then the rest will play for what they've been playing for. So that touches on a great point, and I actually was going to ask you a question. So if we feel like the NCAA is dying, right? we feel like the gap between the top dogs and the mid-majors is actually widening, does that mean the Power Five's dead? The way we know it today? Yeah. No. Yeah, because you're going to cherry-pick the elite that aren't Southeastern Commerce or Big Ten schools already, and you're going to pick the elite from the others, and they're going to replace them with not elite yeah. programs. If, if you just have to have 15 members in the Atlantic Coast Conference, but you just lost Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and football, and you replace them with Houston, you know, um, um, any – UConn, right. UConn's throwing out yeah, a lot. Yeah, you, you do. You do American Athletic Conference teams. Um, I, I just don't see how you can replace Clemson with Connecticut and say you're as good. Yeah. You know, so I, I believe you're right. I, I never took it that far. I'm killing off. I'm cannibalizing the Power Five. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, right. I, I'm USC, UCLA. Um, to the Big Ten, I'm, I'm Texas, Oklahoma, to the Southeastern Conference. Yep. Well, I've just crippled the Pac-12 and Big 12. Mm-hmm. I've taken their money makers. Yeah. I've taken the Longhorn Network and moved it into a new conference. You know, I guess you're right. I guess the Power Five will be the the, the Power Two or Three. You yep. know, and and those will be your twenty teams football conference and basketball conference and they'll play each other it's a tough pill to swallow especially in the hotbed that we're in because we're an acc country and yeah what happens to our schools yeah the acc is not gonna be in that top two could they be a third maybe but they got a hell of a lot of recruiting to do if they are mm-hmm. so I, if you I think they're gonna you, lose out I, yeah i mean if you take duke and carolina away in basketball what do we have yeah yeah it's if over. you take Clemson in football way, what do we have? Yeah. And that might be the death of one-fifth of the Power Five. Yeah. And then you have a Power Three or these three mega conferences. And and um, and that furthers the point of the gap. Yeah. The gap's gotten wider. And they know it's getting wider because they're already recruiting teams to come to their conference, right? Yeah. Uh, Southeastern Conference does it so the Big Ten says, well, we have to do it, you know? Yeah. And I think when the other conferences sit still, like the Atlantic Coast Conference, by doing nothing, it says you are doing something. You're making a conscious choice not to expand, and here's here's where we're going to end up. You know, once Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, yeah, then all bets are off. I think everybody then goes and grabs somebody, and your school better be ready. Yep, that the team you pull for better be ready to get in line with those or be comfortable in the the new ACC or the American Athletic Conference or um, it, whatever conferences are left from uh, USA, it doesn't matter because all eyes will be on those mega conferences playing football. Yeah, I mean, if you're not watching your team, you're watching Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. 
Every Thursday and Saturday. That's, yeah. I mean, and look, the NFL, the NFL figured it out. Look, when the game on Sunday night's not going to be good or relevant, they flex a game in that is. Mm-hmm. And that's what the American viewer does. And where you put your money and your ticket sales and all that is, I want to see something that's competitive and worth watching. Yeah. And if you take Clemson out of here for football, okay, it's cool to watch the rest of the teams play, but you got nobody's going to fight for, based on recent history, is going to fight for a national championship. You take Duke and Carolina, the you know, the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees kind of rivalry out of here. All of a sudden, Carolina Duke fans are Southeastern Conference fans. Yeah. Or Big Ten fans, wherever they end up. But it's it, it, it may not be coming, and I may be way wrong, but everything I see looks like somebody's planning for this because the Big Ten goes from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast now. Yep. From Los Angeles to New York. Somebody sees it, yeah. smarter than us, makes more money than us, and, <laughs> and and they're lining these conferences up for what may happen. Yeah. And with the money they're making, okay, so it costs X tens of millions of dollars to get out of the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll make that in one year in the Big Ten. How do you keep Clemson? What do you, what do you promise them to make them stay? We just said you can't do that to the athletes, right? Right. Hey, man, you're the best quarterback in the country. Make money off of it. Yeah. Clemson can make $100 million in the Southeastern Conference versus $50 million in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Who am I to tell them you can't leave? Yeah. So in 1954, you're one of the four founding schools in the ACC. That might not matter to UNC here soon. Money talks, mm-hmm. right? And that's the world we live in today. You started this whole segment, this whole podcast episode with money. That's, right. That's what runs the day. It does. I mean, everything we do, we look to the stock market. We look to what we money, 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 money. And that's that's what this is going to end up being about. And I know it rips your nerves because, man, we were the we were the original founding members of X Conference. You know, we met in Greensboro, nineteen fifty three, to start. Yep. How relevant is that today? A hundred million dollars is a hundred million dollars. I mean, and. And a chance to play in the elite conferences? I don't know. I, I'm, I, I worry about the school I pull for. I'm scared to death they don't have a plan in place for when these teams start leaving. Wow. They've always been tied to University of North Carolina. That's been a rival, you know. And when they're gone and we can't get in that conference, what happens? Because you got to be wanted in this thing. Back to the transfer portal. Joey says, I'm leaving UNC today to play basketball somewhere else. But what if no one else wants you? What do you do? So I I just would hope that these schools are starting to – it's too much money to not be planning. It's just too much money out there to not be planning. You write business plans for businesses that have money that they don't want to go to zero. They want to grow it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, and it, it's bothersome to somebody like me who saw a conference with eight teams and you played everybody. And it's been hard enough with, with divisions and not playing everybody and don't get to see the same, same teams every year. And, uh, but I have to change with the time. That's just the world we're in today. So I don't know. The mid-majors are going to do their own thing. They're going to come up with their version of their Power Five conferences and then – We'll have something to to go from there, but 
2024, the first dominoes are going to start falling. Yeah. 2025, more dominoes are going to fall. When NBC doesn't pay Notre Dame the big money they need, yep. then it's conference affiliation time to get that money. And uh, I don't know, Joey. Um, it's a far cry from what I grew up with, that's for sure. Absolutely. It, it's been a big change already. So mm-hmm. why should I be surprised that it's going to change further? Yep. But Think You better buckle up. I agree. I it's going to change. It's going to change fast. It, yeah, it is. And um, these years will go by very quickly here. And these teams – and look, if you if you have a planned exit, that's one thing. But these schools can write a check to leave these conferences. Yeah. And they're promised money that's bigger somewhere else. They're going to go. And I just – I don't know where that leaves the rest of everybody else. That It's, it's easier for me to see the elite mega conferences, what happens with them. I'm more worried about the, the rest of them, you know, what, what they do next. Um Used to be 120 Division One football teams and 300 or so Division One basketball teams. I don't know how that's all going to change. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Well, be fun to watch though. It will be, and fun to give to us watch. something to talk about. That's for sure. <laughs> that you know, and that's that's what we want to do is we want to talk about the what ifs. That's right. That's what makes the lottery so much fun, right? It is. We buy the Powerball and the Mega Millions so that it's not the fact that we think we're going to win. We just talk about well, what if we do? What would we do? And yeah. so that's going to give us a lot of fuel. For guys like us that love to talk about sports and yeah. how that how that sort of works with with everyday life, and it'll be fun to watch. That's it will, for sure. It will be. And so we've spent a lot of time on this um, already, and, and I think that's justified. But all this isn't reality today. That's true. So let's take a okay. look at the landscape today. Oh, and see absolutely. What we're up against. Where you want to start? Uh, let's let's start with college football. You got it. So, Kenny, taking a look at the AP poll here in the top 25, uh, if we work backwards 25 to 1, uh, start us off here. Give us some thoughts starting with BYU at 25. Well, looking at these two polls and sticking with the AP top 25 football teams, man, it's the same cast of characters, all Power 5 conferences. Um, you know, we finished the last segment talking about Alabama and Georgia football, where there they are in the top five. Um, But it's your same Southeastern Conference and uh, Big Ten Conference football teams that are favored to win. Uh, The good teams in the Southeastern Conference, we're looking at ten and a half as the over. And um, let's work through this thing, Joey. Let's go 25 to one and give our over-unders. All right. Uh, all right, then 25, we're looking at Brigham Young at eight and a half. What do you think? We were joking about football on the West Coast, and we jump right in with the West Coast. You know what? Uh, let's go with the over. I see nine and three looking at their schedule. What you got, Joey? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Nine and three is good. All right, so we got the over, and at number 24 is the Houston Cougars. That over-under is set at nine. Yeah, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. I, I could actually see him dead at nine. Yeah. I'm not sure there is an over-under. Yeah, I think so that's just go even. with a push, yeah, <laughs> nine and three. So. Yeah. Um, so, 23, we're what here? Cincinnati at yeah. nine. Just lost their quarterback to the NFL. I'm going to take a drop off. I'm going to go eight and four. I'm going to take the under with Cincinnati. So I go over, push, and under. What do you got? I'm going to do push on Cincinnati. 
All right. All right, here's one I know we've had a lot of hmm. off-the-air conversation about with Wake Forest at eight and a half. Yeah. What do you think? At some point, a school with 9,500 students has got to not be good in sports. Uh, they have NC State's number every year. Play for an ACC title. Um, no Hartman, at least the first week. I go under. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I, th- I think we're under the eight and a half. Okay. Because um, Hartman's still an unknown. Yeah. So. Um, All right. I can live with the under there. 21 is Ole Miss at seven and a half. Man, Southeastern Conference. We just talked about this in the last segment every week. You got to get ready for Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, A&M. Yeah. What, what do you do, man? It's, you you got to go eight and four for the over. You got Egg Bowl, you, you got all kind of rivalry games. Everybody they play is ranked ahead of them. All right, I'll take the under, Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All, all right. right, sitting at 20, we have Kentucky. And they have 20. them seven and a half. Hmm. Well, if, if at the Top of the conference, I'm going to have any teams over. i got to have teams under. All right, with Kentucky, I go under. I'm actually going to take the over. Okay. It's not going to be by much, but I think they're going to get really good quarterback play this year. All right, so we're in the top 20 now. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, so, yeah, they were so good team. last year. Their quarterback's good. They are good. You're sitting at seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the over with Arkansas. Yeah, I'm with you. So we have Wisconsin Wisconsin. sitting at eight and a half. It's funny. Um, We get a taste of other conferences in, you know, 20 to 25. But once you get inside the top 20, Southeastern Conference, Big Ten, ACC, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, I'm going to take it over on Wisconsin, I think. I'm going to go under. There's the yeah. I just I feel more 8-4 and four than 9-3. and three. And uh, I guess I didn't think about, you know, you got your bowl game. So you're going to play 13 for that's some true, of these teams. Yeah. I was just doing this on a regular season. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really how these Vegas betting lines are set up regular season. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'll go under Wisconsin. You got over. All right. Pittsburgh. Hmm. Without Kenny Pickett. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Is they're, the ACC they, really they're in the, that They're week? in the coastal. So, I mean, you got Duke, you know. Um, but you do. Miami's good. Carolina's going to be good. Um you got to get to nine wins. You got three teams from the Atlantic you got to play. I think I'm under on Pitt. All right. I, I agree with you. I have the under. I mean, I defended college football, and the quarterback is – I mean, it's valuable in college football, but less valuable than the NFL. Yeah. You, can, you can run plays. You can do quarterbacks that run, the Malik Cunningham's at Louisville and things like that. 
you can have a second or third running back. You don't have to be like the NFL. But Kenny Pickett was such a big part of that team. Yeah, he was very dynamic for me. That's going to hurt. Yeah, I, I just – a top almost 15 team. I, they just have to take a step back. So I go under with Pittsburgh. Okay. Miami. Yeah, number 16, mm-hmm. Miami. They also have them at eight and a half. Same division as Pittsburgh, yeah. the coastal of the Atlantic Coast Conference. I can't believe that Miami wouldn't be the better team out of those two, uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the the quarterback is better at Miami, the Van Dyke kid. I would so. think so, too. So what do you think at eight and a half? I, I got Miami winning the coastal. Nine and three makes sense. Okay. I got the over. I'm, um, I'm actually going to take the under on them. Okay. Just to mix it up some for me. All right. All right, 15, Michigan, Michigan State, State, seven and a half. Man, just like the Southeastern Conference, every week it's Penn State, Wisconsin. It's, right. It's a top 20 matchup after the first couple of weeks of the season. My mind kind of goes where it went with Wisconsin. I'm, I'm yep. looking at the conference here yep. in the Big Ten, and I'm like, who's, who's going to beat them that many times? I know. Uh, obviously, I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know who their non-conference games are, but right. well, looking at the conference, them. I don't know who's going to beat them that much. Yeah. Um, ahead of them in the conference is just Michigan and uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. Big Ten. Yeah, them in Wisconsin probably a competitive game, but mm-hmm. you know, running down the list in the conference, I'm just yeah. I'm not I'm not sure who else is going to get them. I mean, I'm sure somebody will come up and get them, but. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I think I'm over with them as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Take the over. Southern Cal at 14, eight and a half. Hmm. I don't know. I I struggle with that one a little bit. I've been burned on Southern Cal in the past before. (laughs) <laughs> many, After many it times. was Pete Carroll and yeah. you know and Matt Leinerts and Reggie Bushes, I've been uh, been hard to figure out Southern Cal football. Well, with them jumping from the so Pac-12 hard. and that news coming out, yep. yeah, there's gonna be a little team. extra animosity there too against them. Yep. Oh yeah, rivalry games. I mean, a whole lot more. Yeah, you want to send them out with a loss when they leave your conference. I'm going to take the under. I think I'm under on them as well. I'm, I'm more of a seven and five or six and six. Yeah. I just am. You'll have to tell me about it because nobody stays up late to watch it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting. All right. So mm-hmm. sitting at number 13 is the <laughs> NC State Wolfpack. Kiss of death. Having them in the top 15. They have them at eight and a half. Uh, my heart lines up with my brain. I mean, you lose to Clemson. You may lose the rivalry game to Carolina. So yeah. they, they're your 10 and 2. Um, got Texas Tech. Uh, that's a non conference game. They should win that at home. Even if you lay an egg somewhere else, you go 9 and 3. If you just don't show up at Boston College or Syracuse yeah. or something or Louisville or Cunningham goes crazy, you know? Yeah. I'll take the over on the Wolfpack. I'm actually going to take the over with you. I, yeah. I think nine and three is probably where we're looking. Yeah. 
probably second place in the Atlantic behind Clemson. Yeah. I mean, last year they managed to beat Clemson, had the division to win, and lost to Wake Forest. Okay. All right, number 12 in the country, Oklahoma State, eight and a half. They're sitting in the Big 12, huh? Didn't they just lose one of their coaches? I think it was Gundy's brother or something, a wide receiver's coach or something. I'm going to go eight and four. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm – I think I'm going to go over with them. Okay. I'm not sure there's enough competition in the conference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could certainly see over eight and four is where I got them. So I'll just take the under okay. since it's eight and a half. So Oregon, yeah. eight and a half. Pac 12 just doesn't scare me. Um, I'll take the over with Oregon. Ah, they just, you know, with Mario Cristobal leaving to go to Miami. Stick with it. Take the over. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the under on Oregon. All right, so getting into the top ten here. Yes, sir. We have Baylor at seven and a half. That seems low for a team that's ranked in the top ten. No kidding. And the coaches – and in the AP, in Sports Illustrated, has them 19. All of them have them at seven and a half. They score a bunch of points. I'm taking the over. Okay. I'm going to take the over with Baylor. What do you got, Joseph? Uh, I, I think the over. All right. Seven and a half is probably too low for a top ten team. Yeah, I agree. Just too low. Oklahoma. A lot of changes. Yeah. Nine and a half is the over-under. You got to go ten and two in the regular season. Yeah, I think I'm over with Oklahoma. I think they're going to have a great year. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, I'll take the over on Oklahoma. All right, Michigan, number eight in the country, nine and a half. Hmm. I struggle with Michigan. I do every year. Yeah. I can't seem to figure them out. There was a part of me wanted wanted them to win a national title, and I just yeah. Uh, well, I mean they they have the Ohio State game. Yeah, I know. State rivalry of Michigan yeah. State is always going to be a tight. Yep. It's never easy with Penn State or any of those. I mean, my my gut tells me we're we're over with Michigan at nine and a half, but it's probably ten win season maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna take the under. Um, I think last year was the shot. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. So we have 
Utah mm-hmm. sitting at number seven. Is that right? Yeah, I think that is. Yeah. With nine wins. wins. I can't find anybody to beat them. <laughs> I mean, uh, and maybe maybe Oregon, maybe, maybe. and and Southern Cal, and, and yeah, I don't know who all who all you play in the Pac-12. You, it's not a balanced schedule. So. No, it's not. Um, I'm gonna take the over. I think I am too. I think the odds are in their favor. The old Urban Meyer days. I'm gonna take the over. I like it. Yeah. Oh, I love Texas A&M. Number six. Number six in the country. Eight and a half. Mm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Schedule. Schedule's hard. You only got to win one against Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Does that not seem low for basically a top five team? Ten and a half, ten and a half, ten and a half, ten and a half, and then – basically get to Notre Dame eight and a half and A&M eight and a half. Yeah, but when I think about conference, though, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. they tend to beat the hell out of each other. Yep. yep. And everybody's rushing to join just because of money. That's right. <laughs> it's not, not about going 12 and 0. What are you going to do? Not. I think I'm going to take the under on a and I don't think I'm there with them. All right, I got to make up some ground. I'm going to take the over then. You're right. going to go under. Yeah. So, top just, five this here. Is, this, this, is, this is a unanimous consensus between yeah. the AP, the coaches poll, as well as the Sports Illustrated poll. They, they have them ranked in order with Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Notre Dame. So. I'm just not buying it, man. Notre Dame. New coach. So you don't you don't like Notre Dame at five. No. No, no, no. But they got gimmies on the schedule. Navy. They play all the Air Force I mean yeah. the, all the military academies. The over under eight and a half seems awfully friendly. Yes it does. And seems really low for uh Top five team. Top five. That plays that's, a peripheral. That's per- not in the SEC. Right. That plays a peripheral ACC schedule. Um, sounds like a sucker bet to me. So, I don't know. It's, there's something about that. For yeah. them to be only eight and a half and top five in the country. Okay. Because every, every part of me would say you would take the over. Yeah. But I, my, my gut tells me the over – but I don't think they end the season in the top five, even yeah. even going over the eight and a half. I tend, I, I think that's a slam dunk. I, As an independent, they got to go undefeated yeah. to finish in the top five. Yeah. To play for a national title and finish in the top four, they got to go undefeated. Do they have Clemson on the schedule this year? I know. I, I didn't look at that. I let's, saw them. Let's look that up I right know quick. it was Carolina that was one of the games. And yeah, Carolina's not going to threaten no. Notre Dame on no, the leave. No, not this no, year. No. But I was looking at that. What do they play? Six ACC games. Then the military academies. Let's just look up their football yeah. schedule right quick and see what we're looking at here. It's, 
we got to be missing something. I mean, my my goodness, man. They they played number two Ohio State to start the season. All right, so they're 0-1. <laughs> All right, so they're 0-1, game they two. They do have Carolina, you're right. They played number 25, BYU. See, that's that final score would be 45-44. They, they play number four, Clemson. And they play number 14, USC. So They're not finishing in the top four or five. No. I don't see how they win nine games. Because you, you got three losses there. Somebody else is bound to clip them in the ACC. Yep, you got to be perfect. I already said the over. I'm gonna stick with the over, but it's okay. I'm already second guessing that decision. All right, I'm gonna go back to back difference ways. I make up some ground. All right, I'll take the under. Man, this is the most different we've been. Yeah, yeah I know. I like I know. it, but uh, I see them more seven and five yeah. than eight and. They'd have to be nine and three, but I see them more seven and five. All right, the, so we have. Alabama, yes. Ohio yeah, State, Georgia, Clemson, one, two, three, four, all sitting at ten and a half. Yep. So obviously Clemson's yep. the only ACC school there. Right. So do, do they go over the ten and a half? Yeah, they go eleven and one. I think so too. I think they're over. Yeah, and and they win the Atlantic. They win the ACC again. They beat Miami yeah. in Charlotte. <clears throat> yeah, I, I they're agree. They're, they're in the Final Four. Okay. Last year was a one-off. Okay. So Clemson over. Yeah. All right. Georgia, number three at ten and a half. It's hard to do things in back-to-back years. Kirby Smart takes a step back, the under. They go nine and three. I'm with you on the under. They've lost so much, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side yep. of the ball. I agree. And you're playing in the SEC. I think they may take a couple bumps and bruises. Yep. So I'm, I'm the under with you on that. Mm-hmm. All right, Ohio, Ohio State. State. They 12 and 0. Yeah, I, I think they they run through the big team yep. 10 pretty easily. So I um, think they're undefeated. Take the over. They even if they're not undefeated, I, I don't see anybody beating them more than once. Right. So I, I'm the over on them. Yeah. yeah. I'll make it really easy. Nick Saban and Alabama. I'm definitely the over at ten Me and too. a half. Me too. Absolutely. Um, that A and M game will be good to watch. After all the back and forth with the coaches. Yeah. But they're the class of the Southeastern Conference. This answered our question about the mid-majors and the Power Five conferences. I mean, damn. <laughs> unless, we're, unless we're missing something, every, the top 40 teams in the country in these three polls yeah. are no mid-majors. So let's, uh, let's play a fun little game here. In the top 25, we'll use the AP poll. Let's okay, yes, sir. Who's the most overrated? Uh, by where they start the season and where they'll end the season, yeah. I think that's pretty easy. That's Notre Dame. Yeah. They, I, they they start at five and more apt to finish fifteen. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. I just I, I think Notre Dame's grossly overrated. Yeah, I tell you that brand tends to. Yeah. And, and what's unfortunate about the way the setup is now, you got to start 
in the top ten to have a shot to play for a national title. If you're 15 to 25, even if you go undefeated, ask Cincinnati how hard it is to finish in the top four. I mean, and so the gold helmets at Notre Dame get them top five, but I just don't think the product backs that up. You just lost your coach to LSU. I'm, I agree. Yeah, they have to. They, they, I think that they're the high, most overrated. They'll finish 15th in the country. Okay. <clears throat> I, I actually agree. So. And uh, on the flip side of that, somebody you see doing something more than that is expected. It, it can be an unranked team, uh, you know, a Carolina, Tennessee, Texas Tech, Texas. So, so if I'm looking at the top 25, I think the odds of the most underranked within the top 25. Yes, sir. Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, probably Houston at 24. Yeah. I, I think they have a shot at the top 15. I certainly right. don't think they're going to be in the top five or right. anything crazy. Right. Uh, they have the most room to climb mm-hmm. from what I'm looking at here in the AP. Uh, and I'm trying to find somebody I could see going undefeated for the first seven, eight weeks and really getting in the top 15 yeah. and then staying there. I like your Houston. I like them more than like a Cincinnati, Wake Forest, or Ole Miss. The, the schedule just hurts an Ole Miss, Mississippi. I yeah, mean, that's just yeah, too, too hard to climb. Same with Kentucky. So, Houston, I think Houston has a chance to do It's to hard do to that. sit there and say the over-under is a push at nine wins with right. Houston, but they're only the 24 team in the country. I agree with that. Look at that. I bet when we look back at this in January, Notre Dame and Houston are about in the same spot, 14-15 in the yeah. final rankings. Yeah, yeah. That would be good to see. Yeah. And – you know, I was looking at these polls that we have listed, and some of the powerhouses were missing Tennessee, Texas, Iowa, Penn State, LSU. Yeah. I expect, and Auburn, I expect somebody out of that group to obviously finish ranked. Yeah. But to. Well, let's look at the others receiving the votes. That okay. Just hang off about half of them, but in order, others receiving votes outside of the top 25. Mm-hmm. This would be 26, 27, 26, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So we have Tennessee, mm-hmm. Texas, Iowa, Penn State, LSU, Fresno State, mm-hmm. Minnesota, Central Florida, Purdue, Mississippi State, Auburn, Kansas State, mm-hmm. Florida, UNC, Boise State, Appalachian State, <laughs> Air Force. Yep. South Carolina, Utah State, UCLA, San Diego State, and Nebraska pulling one vote. Wow. So out of that group there, who who stands the best chance to finish within the top 25? I like the Rondo kid at Texas, the running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be in the Heisman talk. I like I like Texas. It, it's odd to see a top twenty-five without Iowa, Iowa State. Um, but Texas is my team. I think they can they can definitely finish in the top twenty-five, but they could really cause some problems. Right? They could go a long way this season to being really really good. 
that Ewers kid, the quarterback. Yeah, they're going to be. They yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm kind of surprised now that you went down that that they're not ranked. Are they? Are they ranked in any of these? Sports Illustrated I'm had them six. Okay. That's my guy. All right, Texas. That's my guy. <laughs> There's my dark horse, Texas. <laughs> okay, that helps. All right, uh, on the record, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How can these polls be so different? These these two are lockstep, right hand in hand. Yeah. And Sports Illustrated's got them in the top six, number six in the country. At some point, I feel like Sports Illustrated's there to sell subscriptions to yeah. bigger fan bases. Uh, you you would be right in the in the top eight. They're all big fan bases. Well, and I even look at. I mean, they've got UNC sitting at twenty-two. Oh, well that yeah, that's UNC true. That's true. So. Honorable mention on these other ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, when you look at the AP and you look at the coaches' polls, granted, half of them are probably out of position between those two polls. Yeah. Top 25 is mostly the same, and by out of position, they're out of position by one or two spots. Yeah. And then Sports Illustrated's extreme. Yeah, the ingredients all here yeah, are about the same. Right. Okay. So right. I think that's a big a big part of it. Um, yeah, Texas. Texas. That same question. I, I don't know. But I, I think Texas is the strong pick. Uh, but just so I don't double up with you. Right. I'm probably going to say it's between Iowa or Penn State. I'd mm-hmm. probably lean a little bit harder towards Penn State. Okay. Really reasonable. I mean, they're using the top 15 to start every season. Yeah, well, the Big Ten just isn't overly threatening outside of maybe Michigan, Michigan Ohio State, State, Ohio State. That's it, yep. So, Easily see wrong. nine and three, eight and four. They'll finish ranked. And I feel the same way with Texas. If they were – I think there's probably several teams up there that will actually end in the top 25. Yeah. I'm not sure who they brief from. Yeah. But my gut tells me probably Wake Forest won't finish in the top 25. No, no. BYU probably doesn't finish in the top 25. I agree. Uh, Ole Miss, if they're really Mm -hmm. upset. The over-under set at 7.5, probably not going to finish in the top 25. Yeah, you go 6-6, and you're not ranked. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see that. It's going to be very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Now, my Texas wouldn't be so strong if they were already in the Southeastern Conference. Big 12 <laughs> yes. makes a big difference to be there. I mean, 8-4, and 9-3 and three is really doable. And Sports Illustrated has them like 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one or 9-3 and three in that to be right there. Okay. Yeah, well, good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's take a few minutes before we hop okay. off of football. Um, I know the season's coming up, but – we, we did this for the NFL. Let's just stick in the Power Five. Okay. Yes, sir. So, who are our conference winners in the Power Five? Okay. We're, we're just taking an alphabetical order here. So, we'll start with the ACC. Okay. I think we're probably both going to agree pretty easily on who that is. Clemson, right? Yeah. All right. And we'll go down these Power Five conferences and maybe we'll put together our college football playoff. Yeah. yeah okay. We'll All right. All right. So, we said Clemson out of the ACC. Yes, sir. Who do we have in the Big Ten? Ohio State. Yeah, I think it's got to be. Unless Michigan pulls mm-hmm. off something crazy, I think it's Ohio State. Yeah. I like Ohio State. I like that. Ryan Day. I like everything about Ohio State when it comes to football. Yeah. So Clemson and Ohio State. So this is where the conversation could get interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Didn't I just say Texas? 
Yeah. But Oklahoma has Texas's number most of the time. Um, last year, Texas had a big lead at this Texas State Fair, Red River rivalry. See how I did that? And then, uh, and then uh, Oklahoma comes back to win. Man, but I want to go off. Uh, I want to do something Baylor or Texas. I don't want to go Oklahoma. It's never chalk, right? Your coach is at Southern Cal with two houses. Man. Who you got? <laughs> I'm just running down the list. Uh, Thank you. In contention, uh-huh. you have Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could have Oklahoma State. Right. You have Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a Cincinnati believer, so I'm not sure I'm there. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't – have they joined Texas, the conference? Yeah. Houston. Yeah. Uh, really like your pick of Texas. I just didn't want to take it earlier. Right. I mean, that would probably be stunning for not being preseason top 25. To right. To win the conference. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a big leap. Working, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Saint picks Oklahoma. Right. I like that Sarkeesian. I'm doing Texas. I'm doing Texas. I think they're smart about going Texas, but I'm going I'm to mix it up. I'm going to go Houston. Oh, here, okay. Let's see if Houston can surprise some people here. Okay. So you got Texas, I got Houston. Okay. Either way, we're, we're both discriminating against Oklahoma. Yeah. You got to do something <laughs> different. Yeah, I was just making sure that those teams have joined the conference already. Um, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and Central Florida. Yeah, they're, they're slated, what, 2023? Yeah. I guess that's – what is this? This football season is 2022. Yeah, that's right. So that would be next year. Yeah. Pick – Pick somebody, Oklahoma up. All right, I'm going with Texas. I think Texas is probably the best bet, but like I said, I'm, I'm going to go for the shocker in Houston. Okay. All right, Pac-12. 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 Your highest ranked team is Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at number seven. Me too. Me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, I saw some really bad over unders from Arizona, Arizona State, yeah. Cal. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go to Utah as well. It's roll tide. It's I don't know. <laughs> but oh, do I want to? Oh, yeah. Yep. We're going to the college playoff. Yep. Still four teams. Yep. Power five. We just picked the winner out of all. Yep. So, obviously, one of the power fives is left out. Going to get left out. But two could also get left out, and they're going to double up in one conference as well. Like uh, Alabama, Georgia. Right. right. It's entirely possible. Yep. I, I could see the Big 12. Like a Texas winning, getting left out. Yeah, Utah absolutely. winning the back 12 getting left out. But you, you're never going to leave Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, <coughs> and maybe a one-loss SEC school behind Alabama. Yeah. So let's, uh, let, let's do it this way. ACC, we say Clemson's coming out. Yes, sir. Are they in top four? I believe. 
reputation and going eleven and one, they stay in the top four. Okay. Yeah, I got I got Clemson okay. in the final four. Ohio State. Yes, sir. Out of the Big Ten, you got absolutely, them in? absolutely. If they they go twelve and zero or eleven and one, no way, no how do okay. they get left out. Too much, too too many people watch them in the final four. No way. Yeah. All right, so Big Twelve, we were different. You've got Texas, I've got Houston. Yeah. Any path for either one of them to be in the top four? No, yeah, I don't no, think so just, either. It, it, if it were Oklahoma starting at nine, yeah, in the Associated Press, um, or the coaches at nine, mm-hmm. and you have. I'm telling you, if you have one loss in the Big 12 and Georgia has one loss yeah. and then get placed for the yeah. SEC championship, they're in. They're in. Yeah. And they, they're going to get they're going to go over over Texas. Oklahoma has to pretty much go undefeated. And we didn't pick them to win the conference, so I don't see Texas. I don't see the winner of the Big 12 no matter who it is unless they're undefeated even in the discussion. I agree. They get they get left out. And I, I agree the exact same with the Pac-12. Yep. I mean, right now, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are better than every team. You know, they just are. Yeah. So here's where it gets a little interesting. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we both took the under on Georgia at 10 and a half. Is that right? Yep. So, the- so how in the world can they be in the top four? They can't. They if they have three losses, they can't. You, 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 I hate your ass. <laughs> All this logic, logic, logic. Well, I don't mean that somebody else in the SEC right. doesn't overperform. That's though, right? true. That's so. I got Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, and slam dunks, winning their conference, eleven and one, twelve and zero. Yeah, standing the top top five all season. They're there. And that would shock nobody. There's yeah, not at all. Absolutely. So we either yeah. got the Georgia over under wrong. Yep. Or maybe there's not two SEC schools this year. Mm-hmm. Certainly could see that. God, Georgia got a lot of guys in the NFL. It looks like the next logical, based on AP and coaches' mm-hmm. bowl, is probably hovering between Texas A&M mm-hmm. or Michigan. There, there yeah. is a path, yeah. honestly, for the Big Ten yeah. to have two teams if Michigan ends up as a one-loss team. Yep. Absolutely. There is a path there. And same with A&M. Yeah, it could be same with A&M. Yeah. If, they're, if they're a one- or a two-loss team and they're playing for, yeah. Yeah. you know, title there in the SEC. Hey, Kyle, pull up the SEC East and West, the conference. Uh, break up the Southeastern Conference. East and West, yeah. So as he's doing that, yeah. he he actually just pulled up an article about from yeah. Yahoo Sports showing that Ohio State's actually the favorite yeah, for the title that. over Alabama. How do you I feel about that. that? I see that. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I had to pick, if I had to pick a Final Four, it'd be Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. So you're looking at the yeah, West look, here. See, see, A and M gets hamstrung by having to play Alabama, and then so they're in the same. They've got Auburn, LSU. Yeah. I know neither one of those are ranked yeah. preseason, but those are tough outs. Yeah. For so them. in the SEC East, 
there's where Georgia gets in. Mm-hmm. They they beat everybody in their half basically. So you have and they we have a Georgia Bama SEC championship. But if Georgia don't win that and they come out with two or three losses, do they have a path in still? Probably not. I, I don't think they do no, either. They um, gosh. Georgia's good, so good. Um, A&M's got to beat Alabama in the regular season and win the West. Yeah. And then A&M plays for the SEC title. Alabama's sitting there with one loss. That's how you get two in there, Georgia or Texas A&M that way. Somebody from the other half of the conference or somebody beats Alabama in the regular season from their same half of the conference in the SEC West. Yeah. Um What did I say about A&M on the over-under? I know I took the over. They were eight and a half. Yeah, I took the over. They're not beating Alabama. All right, it's Alabama and Georgia. Georgia wins the East. They lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. Okay. And Georgia goes. My final four is Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. I'm not a buyer in the – Big 12 or Pac-12. You can have them. I'm actually – I'm leaning towards Michigan. All right. In the Big 10. All right. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think I'm going to go Michigan with the Big 10. Okay. So so we're a little bit different there. Yep. So let, let's seed them right quick. Okay. So for me, I've got Alabama 1. Mm-hmm. I've got Ohio State two. Okay. I'm gonna have Clemson three. All right. And you got Michigan four, and I got Georgia. Yeah, and I'm gonna have Michigan four. So that puts Michigan, Bama against each other mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, Clemson against each other. Yep. For me. That was almost 2019 or something. Yeah. yeah same kind of thing. Um, I just don't know how you get Michigan past Ohio State. You got Michigan's yeah. schedule in front of you. Mm, I can pull it up really quick. I think Ohio State's going to go undefeated. Yeah, I'm thinking they may. Yeah. But if we get if we get three out of the four, that's pretty good. And just differ on Georgia, Michigan. So let's see, Kyle pulled it up here for yeah. us. Michigan's got <laughs> – a cakewalk. My word. Yeah. Expand that schedule. They have to beat Ohio State, Michigan State, and then Ohio State. Dude, it'll be Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. They'll both be undefeated probably. Yeah. I don't know where Michigan lays an egg. I, I guess Michigan State maybe, but it's at home. Michigan's yeah, I don't, at home. I don't think there's any way. It looks – is it at home? Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with yeah, my, my gut on my four there. Okay. Which means I've got Bama facing off of Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio State facing off of Clemson. Yep. Uh, in that scenario, I don't think there's any way you don't see an Alabama-Ohio State yeah, I title. Agree. 
I agree. So yeah. where are you at? You're you're a little yeah. bit different than me. Yeah, because you yeah, got Georgia, got Alabama, and, and Georgia, and then Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, Clemson quarterback. I hope there's a big shift from last year to this year, because I got Ohio State beating Clemson yeah. and Alabama beating. So we got the same final. Yeah, but I got. I really. The more I listen to you, and look at the Big Ten. Ohio State, they can beat Alabama. So you're and, taking and, Ohio State? Yeah, and, and you got, what, three weeks from the last game of the season to the playoffs in the next week, so or two weeks in between that. Yeah, okay. I got Ohio State win national title. That's your hot take. That's, that's my Ohio State. I like it. Ohio State. So. What did you say a minute ago? They were the betting favorite. Yeah, Ohio yeah, State according was. to Yahoo Sports and the article Kyle pulled up for us, I'll yeah. Pull up Ohio State schedule real quick one more time. So while he's doing that, yeah, I'm going to differ from you. Okay. I'm going to take Bama just because okay. – It's Alabama. I, I can't go against Saban, man. I just – it's like going against Belichick in a final. Yeah. Like, you want to, but it, you can't rationalize yeah. it. Everything plays out the way it's supposed to. That spread, Alabama, Ohio State will be a field goal or what? less. Everything is going to get a kink thrown into it when Notre Dame beats Ohio State on day one. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. It's all busted. Come on, man. That, if, if, that, if that happens, yeah, we'll have to do something. I'll have to sing the Notre Dame fight song on the on the podcast. All right, yeah. there it is. No, no take backs. Okay. That's I'll, it. S- I'll sing the Notre Dame uh, fight song if they lose <laughs> a week from Saturday in prime time. Like if they it. lose – see, I – and I bet that game's at Kyle, some Kyle, you're sort, documenting this, right? I bet that game is at some us. sort of kickoff classic somewhere. You know it is. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be at the Horseshoe. It's going to be somewhere in, in some neutral site, AT&T Stadium or something in Arlington <laughs> and uh, in Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, that, if Look, that destroys my season. If Ohio State <laughs> loses right out of the gate. Oh, I, I um, can't help but pull for Notre Dame. I know, I know now you, can, you certainly can't. That's but, good stuff. And their schedule just has it's so, got it's got more meat than that Michigan schedule. So let's play it out. Let let's say Ohio State actually does lose to Notre Dame yeah, in week so one and then more. run the table. Yeah, there's probably still Are win they the still conference because the conference they'd be undefeated. Yeah. And they would beat uh, Michigan head to head. Yeah, break up the, I think break up the Big Ten halves real quick for the Big Ten championship because they play a championship. So the divisions in the Big Ten divisions, football, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. You got my juices flowing with college football. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, it's right around the corner. Thursday. Yes, sir. Like, Let's go. Right uh, Big the Ten East and West. All right, span that out. All right. Switch it. Yep. There we go. See, so you got your Michigan, Ohio State. You got to have Michigan. You got to <laughs> have Michigan beat Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> and then the West is wow. is it's like like Georgia's automatic yeah. to the championship game. And then this is why everybody gets bent out of shape. Yeah. Minnesota a couple years ago row the That's boat, right. get boat raced. Iowa, same kind of thing. I mean, is there any is there any path that Wisconsin doesn't come out of the West in the I, Big Ten? No, I mean no. I mean, I, mm. wow, yeah. Wouldn't you just? I would pay anything to get in the West out of the East. No, there's kidding. Michigan State, Ohio State, yeah. Penn State, Michigan. What wow. the hell? 
the only gimmies. Indiana was good a couple years ago. <laughs> Poor Rutgers. <man>. Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean good grief. Uh, yeah. So now you see why the team out of the East is so prepared for yeah. the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Oh, All this right. is this is going to be good. And yeah, it goes for real a week next week. Yep. All right, so to recap it then, my top four is Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I got a Bama, Ohio State final, and I got Bama taking it. And I got Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. Ohio State versus Alabama for the national title. Go Buckeye. All right. Ohio State national champion. That's that's the hot take from Kenny. I like it. Uh, we got a quick update since the first episode um, on Deshaun Watson, the suspension. Um, it looks like him and the NFL have negotiated an 11-game suspension with a $5 million um, fine. What, yes, sir. What, what are you thinking from the original, what was it, eight games, six games? Six what games. Was it? Six yeah, it was games. six games, and I, I thought for certain it'd be a year. So 11's a win for the player. Um, st- still struggle what you do at quarterback. So he's gone 11 yeah. games. You play Brissett and just see what happens. Um, I, I don't know who Brissett's backup will be. Browns into the playoffs will be difficult. So is 11 games a fair compromise or no? No, I, it's got to be a, a year. you got to lose a year, man. And, and um, look, we were all fair talking about the, the fine of $5 million, and I thought, wow, biggest fine in history, and then you remind me his annual salary. So yeah. uh, yeah, He's going to make way more than that during his suspension. Correct. So. Yes, sir. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a miss all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we we said on the last podcast that the NFL can't get out of its own way and to continuously give themselves a black eye. Here it is. Yeah. So here it is again. Yep. So, and um, didn't you mention earlier that uh, in the first episode we talked about the end of the schedule and I think he comes back against the Texans, his old team? Yeah, that's right. Week, week 13 is his first week back against the Houston Texans. Seems coincidental or t- whatever. Tell, um, tell me that's not planned. Yeah. Like I, I, it's Once hard. again, you're right. You're right. The league's making a mess of this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. But I, I think this does the Browns in. I mean, he's so, going to be there for six games. So the They flip flopped it. He was going to sit six and play 11. Now he's going to sit 11 and play six. That's all they did. The seesaw of the NFL. Uh, the, 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 the critics of the league will have a field day with that. But anyway, the Browns are done. Yeah. So the over-under originally was eight and a half on the Browns. I remember that, yes, sir. And I think we both ended up taking the under because of the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's no longer unknown. Now yeah. it's known. Yeah. So are we still under on eight and a half, or do we think they climb to it? It's uh, They're under with Brissett at quarterback. Yeah. They're, they're, they're under eight and a half. Yeah, um, I think I stick with the under on that as well. Yeah, I, I like the kid. I think he's a good game manager. He's a great backup, perfect role backup. Yeah. But he's going to be a starter for 11 weeks yeah. at, at the roster they have currently constructed. He's it's, the starter. Not it's just, a shame for the Cleveland Brown fans, honestly. How um, much more can the fan base take? I don't know. But I, I can't feel bad for Deshaun, though. No. So, But I do feel bad for the fans. million dollars or whatever. I, yeah, I don't yeah. feel sorry for him. Um has he even said he's sorry yet still? 
I don't. Yeah. I think there was a half-ass apology somewhere, but yeah, he's got know. a quarter of a billion dollars. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, he he's gonna ride off into the sunset just fine. Yeah, so you're right. The fan base, the team, all of them will suffer, and I stick with the under. And um, they're looking at seven and ten. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, they if they right. if they play out the way they have it under center with yeah. Percet. Okay. All right. Nice to put some resolution to that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit moving to the known side of things, getting to the start of the season. So that that is good, and at least it gives the Browns a little bit of time to pivot if they need to pivot. Well, they got three weeks. I don't, I don't yeah. think they pivot at this point. I think they're going to go with Brissett. I think you're right. Yeah, all the so, Jimmy G talk and the yeah, guys out of retirement the and Dalton and the like. Yeah. I think they just ride it out, and we're the Browns. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. So, other NFL news. Yes, sir. Carolina Panthers announced today Baker Mayfield's their starter. You were spot on. That's what you said. You fully expected Baker Mayfield to be under center in week one against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun to watch. He's going to give the Panthers something that they haven't had in the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll we'll just see if the Panthers can rally around it. Um, not, Not real sure, but. We'll see. Um, yeah. I, th- I think the bigger question is, can he hold the starting position for the full season? A, that's a great question. Um, he throws the ball better than Cam Newton, right? Maybe, yeah. Runs it depends not, on which Cam Newton you're talking about, right. so maybe. At the end of Cam, the Patriots Cam and the Cam that came back. Yeah, Baker's absolutely. Probably, yeah, ba- Baker is a better passer than that version of Cam. Absolutely. And, and Baker can move. Yep. He can plant a flag. He can run. Um, <laughs> um, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I, you know, I can see. I can see a nine-win Panthers team somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, I certainly could. Um, I think more important than Baker is 22, McCaffrey. Yeah, got to keep him healthy, man. Yeah, if he stays healthy, that team can can score points, move the ball. Defense is good enough. Um, I actually saw an article on ESPN earlier today about – or actually, I'm sorry, it was Barstool, I mm-hmm. believe, about if there's any team that can be the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals, it's the 2022 Carolina Panthers now. I think that's a far stretch. Right. I don't think we're going to get the same production out, but it is refreshing to see somebody around the league starting yep. to take notice that maybe they have made some of the right moves. So that creates a little bit of excitement for the yes, fan base here yep. locally. Absolutely. It's, it's it's analogous or synonymous with the Baltimore Orioles. It's yeah, nice, absolutely. nice to be playing meaningful baseball games with six weeks to go in the season. The yep. fan base is refreshed. Everybody's excited. And is there a light at the end of this rebuild? Yeah. You know? um, and so I can see that with the Panthers. Baker Mayfield, CMC stay healthy, see what we can do. Yeah. Other a little bit more depressing news for the Panthers and the Panther hopefuls on Matt Corral, you know, seeing that his mm-hmm. rookie season looks like it's probably already over with right. a Liz Frank injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, is is there still a spot for him in the future of the Panthers, or what are you thinking on that? I really hate that because I had thought Baker has a decent year, capitalizes on that, moves on. Darnold stays and Corral backs him up. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I hate it for the kid. I liked him at Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to play a ton, no. but he was going to practice and do all those things that he'll miss out this year on. But um, he, he still needs to be in the quarterback room learning from these two guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's the future at minimum as a backup there. Who knows? I, I, I'm not sold on what happens because the coach is still a big question mark depending right. on this year. They just like see Baker for himself and the Carolina market um, have a good season. And then I, I like Darnold, but if Baker takes off, you know, yeah. Darnold's the backup. And then we'll see what happens next year with the coaching staff. But it's a shame to see a guy before he can get start gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that that was pretty frustrating. All right, let's uh, for the local fan base, you know, that's ready to see the Panthers after the Fan Fest and all that stuff. Absolutely. All right, well let's uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. Let's yes, end sir. this with a a fun hot take. All right. So Albert Pujols, mm. six hundred and ninety two home runs. Are we making fun of old people again? Hold on a second. No. Right. no okay. No, no, good. No. good. I, I would call you out directly. Don't. Okay. Worry. Yes, sir. Not a problem. <laughs> six hundred and ninety two home runs. Man, 700 40, sounds so much better. 42 games left in the season. We all know this is it. This is mm. his last run. So eight home runs in 42 games. Plus, give him a little cushion for playoffs, mm-hmm. if you will. That's roughly one home run every five games to end. Does he have a path to make 700? That would put him as the fourth yep. all-time home run hitting baseball player, right behind Babe Ruth. Yeah. And then uh, Bonds and Aaron at the yep. top. That that would mean he leapfrogs yep. Rodriguez because Rodriguez every, everybody's at six ninety six. Everybody wants that. Yeah, everybody wants uh, Pujols to pass a Rod. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you got Ruth, Aaron, Bonds. Yeah, three, two, one. So does Pujols My. finish his career at number four, or does he stay at five? I only got to hit five to pass A-Rod. Yeah. Oh, and I want him to so badly. Um, my heart says yes. Six ninety eight. That's my number, and it's going to be so frustrating because there will be a robbed home run here <laughs> or there in the 20 years uh, that could have gotten you to 700. Yeah. I just – he's hitting one every 10 games, 120 games in, got 18. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So yeah, he has to get hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, he had two in one game not yeah. long ago, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it certainly two hanging curveballs, and there it is. Um, I'm gonna say he falls short, but he finishes fourth all time. Okay. Uh, that, I certainly could see. Yeah. I don't. I don't think my fandom's gonna let me say he falls short. I, oh, I want to okay. see it. I'm, I'm gonna say he stays hot. He's gonna get it. He, get to 700. Uh, either way, he ends at fourth yeah. all time ahead of A Rod. But I, I'm gonna say he cracks 700. Yeah. So he had 10 in the first, oh, 80 games, and he's had uh, eight in the last whatever 40. Yeah. But he had two here. In That's one right. game. Yeah. Oh, I want to go with you, and I want to say 700, but I just. It's going to be meaningful baseball, you know, because they yeah. need to win the division with the Brewers and, and then the postseason's, you know, really good pitching. Pitching wins the postseason. Damn but, you and your logic. 
Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is a role reversal, it's, man. It's completely <laughs> out of character um, because I want 700 and hell yes, and that's the way it is. Um, so he's got oh, just 13 this year. Shoot. Mm. Yeah. I got to double my production in the last quarter of the season in 40 games. Yeah. I got to hit eight more, half of my total. That just seems so unlikely. But I want him to so badly. He's riding the hive knowing this is the final stretch. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with him. I'm, yeah. I'm going to believe in him. And at his age, guys are throwing fastballs, trying to blow it by him. Who want, You want to strike out this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say he falls short, but still, first ballot, automatic slam dunk. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. everything else. And That's not been good for the question. game. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. Um, and and you need to you need a rod push down a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, but right, yeah. So your hot take is number four overall, but not quite to seven hundred. Yes, sir. He falls a couple home runs short. I'm going seven hundred. That's awesome. I like you out on that limb. Yeah. Yep. Taking the risk. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Catback Podcast, episode two. We hope you enjoyed our takes on the NCAA chaos as well as the college football kickoff and our preseason picks for this season's national champions. Please join us next time as we discuss the PGA Tour, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and Live Tour Golf, as well as a preview of the upcoming NBA and NHL seasons. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TheCatBack for more information, other interactions, and our normal dumbassery. As always, I'm Joey. And I'm Kenny. 